Welcome to the Testimony Podcast, people of faith telling the stories that matter from their lives. I'm your host, Andrew Chamberlain, and I'm delighted that you can join us for this conversation. You can subscribe to the Testimony Podcast on all of the major podcast distributors and follow us on Twitter at TestimonyCast. Hello and welcome to episode 37 of the Testimony Podcast. Before I get into this episode, I just want to let you know that the podcast will be going on hiatus for a while, starting this month, July 2022, and the existing episodes will continue to be made available. So my guest for this episode is the creative entrepreneur, Pete Wilson. Pete was born into a Christian home, and over the years he's been involved in youth ministry, worship, pastoring, corporate banking, and for many years he worked with Hillsong in London and around the world in Europe, America, and Asia. For seven years, he worked for Joel and Victoria Osteen before coming back to England, where he is now the creative director for Glorify, the app that wants to bring the joy of connecting with God to Christians all around the world. In this conversation, we talk about how Pete grew up and matured in a culture of exuberant worship and still celebrates that tradition. But more recently, he has discovered the benefit and the beauty of finding a calm space with God and learning to be peaceful with the Father. He enjoys creating environments and experiences where people can encounter and connect with God. This is his story. So, Pete, welcome to the Testimony Podcast. It's great to have you as my guest today. Thank you, Andy. Very nice to be here. Appreciate it. So why don't we start by you telling us a little bit about yourself, your background, um, some of your history? Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, I'll try and give you the the, the, the interesting stuff um, and not the boring <laughs> stuff. But I uh, born into a Christian home, born into a Christian family. My parents got saved two years before I was born um, here in England, despite the accent. Um, I grew up, actually, you may have heard of the Jesus Army back in the day, um, for better or for oh, worse. Okay. Yeah. Um, my parents, where my parents got <laughs> saved. And so we, um, yeah, for the first, uh, let's say, I think it was about 11 years of my life, we lived actually in a, a community house with other people, with another family that also had uh, children of similar age to us. So I thought it was fantastic. I had no idea of any mm. of the frustrations that my parents had. I just thought it was great. I had friends 24-7 at, at the house. So, um, so we left uh, England, though, and we moved to New Zealand, which is my, my father's uh, home country. And um, there got involved in youth ministry, uh, started leading worship, discovered a real passion for that, but carried on obviously through school and through university, graduated, went into corporate banking, um, which was actually a lot of fun. Okay. I actually really enjoyed corporate banking. Um, and somewhere in the middle of there, we, we came back. I got married in New Zealand and came back to England. So I ended up working for RBS again, for better or for worse. But um, so uh, in, working in corporate banking in London and my wife and I, uh, we were we were obviously looking for a church when we first moved back, and we happened to walk into Hillsong, London, very early days. There were probably, I'm going to say, 70 people in the room, um, one service and a little university lecture theatre in Regent's Park. And we met some we met some great people. Some love actually met quite a few people from New Zealand, um, and so there was a, a nice affinity there. And we ended up joining Hillsong, and um, I think it was two and a half years or three years after that move. The pastor there walked up to me after church one Sunday and said, would you like to come and work for church full-time? So I made the very natural shift from corporate wow. banking to full-time church work. You know, that's what everybody <laughs> does, right? <laughs> and um, yeah. yeah, it's a well-trodden path. <laughs> well-trodden path, yes. Um, and so uh, started as the worship pastor, was worship pastor there for many years. Uh, it was a fantastic time. Um, we saw, obviously, incredible growth there in the church. 
made some of our the best friends that we've you know the friends for life. Um, some of the friends we made in that season also had the privilege really of, of leading Hillsong worship um, around Europe. We did tours all over Europe, all over America. We went into Southeast mm. Asia a few times, India a lot. Um, and really, actually looking back, we probably didn't know we were doing this at the time. Well, we certainly didn't know we were doing this at the time, but we, we really paved the way for Hillsong then planting a lot of churches in different parts of, of Europe. Mm. Uh, so that was great fun. Um, I ended up stepping into the uh, the pastoral role of the central london campus there at, at the um at the dominion preaching every weekend running the church doing doing all that fun stuff but to be honest uh it really took me out of my sweet spot the creative zone was my sweet spot um mm. and i was yeah i actually got to the point funnily enough where i just thought I, I this is not me i can't i can't keep doing this i'm not you know when it just when it when it doesn't gel internally it just doesn't gel and you you kind of know you're 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 not doing the right thing yeah um internally so i that sort of there was a season there of a little bit of restlessness and and that that was an interesting journey but ultimately led me to a conference that i was attending in houston texas uh where i got chatting with a friend of mine and sort of explaining some of my frustrations in life and he said well have you ever thought about moving to texas and coming to join joel and victoria osteen at lakewood and I said, uh, no, I've never thought of that. It's okay. never crossed my mind. But we ended up sitting down at the dining table with them for a day and, uh, you know, just chatting about where they were at. And it was a very interesting season at Lakewood Church. Joel had been there for about 20 years at that point, pastoring the church. Um, they, they, His words were, I changed a few things when I started, but I haven't changed anything since. And reading between the lines, I think his kids were maybe coming mm-hmm. of age and were like, Dad, we don't think this is that cool. You need to change some things. And so... He really brought me in to make a lot of creative changes, and um, we, we had an amazing seven-year season there that that could have could have gone for a lot longer. Actually, um, we had a great seven-year season of helping to make some of those changes. There was a lot of leadership mm. um, involved in leading teams and staff through that change. Uh, and looking back on it at, towards the end of that season was an, an incredibly rewarding thing. I mean, one of, one of the most rewarding things I think out of about 350 employees, 350 staff at the church, only one person left because of the changes that we made. And that's that's quite incredible in itself. So that was testament mm. to mm. really Joel and Victoria is great. They're great leaders. They're amazing people. Um, and um, that, was a, that was a fun time. But funnily enough, uh, leading really to uh, where I am right now, um, my wife actually said to me uh, one evening, I think our season in, in America is coming to an end. It's time to make plans to go back to England. And my wife doesn't say things like that very often. So um, my ears pricked up. I thought, well, I don't, okay, I'm not sure yeah. what that's all about. But um, out of the blue, a few weeks later, Henry Costa called me uh, and said, Pete, I've, I've started this app called Glorify. Here it is. Uh, I got goosebumps because I'd sketched an app idea in a sketch pad five years before that that's basically the exact same thing. Um, and long story mm. short, he said to me, would you ever consider moving back to England and joining the Glorify team full time and helping us build this thing? So. Hence, where I where I am today. Wow, wow, it's quite a journey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So we we want to. I want to drill into that in a, in a particular way, in the way we do with 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 the testimony podcast, uh, by asking you just to share, if you were like <clears throat> one or two times where you felt that Christ has been a really close companion to you. Good times, difficult times, early in your Christian faith, or later on when it could just. Times when you really felt God has moved and, and mm. some stuff has happened for you. Yeah, I mean, 
Well, the earliest, probably the earliest thing that I, the earliest instance I can think of something like that happening was when I was about 12 years old. Um, we were in the in the UK before we'd emigrated to, to New Zealand. And I was walking in our back garden and I was humming. I'd always sung songs. I'd, I'd actually been writing songs as a kid. I was, you know, jotting down ideas for songs. I, I still remember some of them, but I won't sing them for you. That would be embarrassing. But um, <laughs> but um, I was walking in the garden and there were worship songs and um, humming away. And I had this, quite, I mean, a bit of a surreal experience, to be honest, where it felt like for a split second there, everything went into slow motion. Uh, everything had a golden hue. You know, the grass was green, but it had like mm. a golden glow and everything. The sky had a golden glow. All the, all the trees and plants had a sort of golden glow. And I just had this very real sense. I didn't hear an audible voice or anything like that, but I had this sense of your whole life is going to be about worship. Mm. And, and that was it. That was the whole experience. But it stuck with me, obviously. Um, I didn't, I mean, I, I obviously, I went into corporate banking for a job. I didn't really realize, I didn't know what that all meant. You know, I didn't know how that was going to outwork in my life. When I look back now, for the past, well, I mean, I was a volunteer worship leader from the age of 16 and for the past almost 20 years now have uh, led worship um, most of those years in a full-time capacity. Um, and so it's, yeah, that was an amazing experience. I look back on that quite often and think, wow, you know, that, my life has definitely followed that track. And that, mm. that for me was quite a clear moment. I think, um, I mean, jumping onto another one, you know, I, I, yeah. I remember in Houston, we had a, a really, I mean, without going into too many personal details, we had a very sort of a situation where we had to take quite a lot of risk financially. And I was, I just, it had me really stressed out. I mean, I wasn't sleeping at night. I was my, in the mean, in the middle of all this, my wife's grandmother passed away and she jumped on a plane. Literally, we got a phone call on Sunday afternoon and she was on a plane on Sunday night flying to New Zealand. So I had three kids at home. Uh, mm. wasn't sleeping, <laughs> you know, very anxious. Um, it was a lot of money for us. It's probably not a lot of money for some people, but it was, it was a lot of money for us. And, um, and, and I was driving one day, uh, my daughter had fallen asleep in the seat beside me and she woke up and she just said, daddy, God spoke to me in my, in my sleep. And I said, Oh, really? What Awesome. Wow. What did God say? And she said, uh, said, God said, you need to do this, this, and this, and it pertained to our financial situation. That's his. Mm. That's his best plan. That's his best plan for you. And she was. She was uh, twelve, probably at the time. So you know, yeah. it, no, no, she was younger than that. She was nine. She was nine. Um, wow. And yeah, I mean, we, we did it, and it was the most risky of all the decisions we could have made in that scenario. It was the most risky one. And it turned out to be absolutely the right decision. And, you know, to take my nine-year-old's daughter, my nine-year-old daughter's advice on a word from God that she'd heard in her sleep was a crazy, I mean, anybody logical would have said, don't do that, you know. <laughs> but um, but it, it was the right thing to do. And, and I think what I learned from that, and I guess we'll probably dig into this a bit more, but what I learned from that really was um, yeah, to, to trust God so much more. I mean, we've hit situations since then where we've had more money at risk, you know, and, and, and other situations where there's been more stress and potentially could have caused a lot more anxiety. But I've been able to sleep soundly through it, and I've been able to, you know, wake up in the morning and it's not it not be my first thought because I've I think these 
these seasons have taught me to trust God more. He's got it, you know. Mm. Sometimes Mm. it has been last minute. Sometimes it's been literally down to the wire and you're like, oh, my goodness, this is all going to go wrong. And and, And he comes through. But I've just learned to be able to live with a little more peace I said I'm, I'm not perfect I don't there's certainly still times I get stressed but you know not like I used to um so there was that I think the most recent probably was um I, I was praying with a friend of mine at a pastor's retreat here in London just this is very recent this is about four months ago and um I I said a line as I was praying I just said Lord we want to know you like a son knows a father. It was me and a male friend of mine. It was, mm. we, we want to know you like sons know a father. Mm. And uh, it, as I, as the words came out of my mouth, I, I, for whatever reason, I just started crying. And mm. there was this just an amazing, him and I just shared an amazing moment where we both really felt this sense of closeness to God, the sense of mm. he is our father. He loves us. He's, you know, I've got kids. I know what it feels like as an earthly father to love my kids um, and suddenly to feel that, but even more so, he's a heavenly father who's perfect in all of his ways. You know, it, 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 it's an overwhelming It's an overwhelming thought. And, uh, yeah, that would be another moment I can think wow. of that was very, very recent. I'm interested in just exploring the, your faith journey, I'd say. I, I, I don't mean your journey to faith, but your journey in trusting God. So, I think one issue that a lot of people struggle with is like they want to believe. They want to believe in the sense they want to trust God. They want to have more trust in God, but it's difficult to get there. So what would you say, what advice would you give to people who are really struggling with this, with with actually trusting God? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, firstly, I have to say I'm no, I'm no expert. So um... You know, if if this resonates with you, then great. And if it doesn't, no offense taken. I uh, I would say one one piece of advice that I would give is is don't be too hard on yourself. I think life happens in a series of lessons. Almost, you know, these. I wouldn't say that I sort of arrived at this place from like ah, oh, I now trust God. Everything is okay. You know, it was it was a sequence of events that you know. There was there was one time where I was probably more anxious, and then something else that I got through that and learned. Oh, God actually, God actually made a way through that. And then I had another lesson in life, and I was a little mm-hmm. bit less anxious than the previous time. And you know, God got took us through that. And then another season of life where I was a little, you know, something happened, and I just found myself a little less anxious um, until you know where I find myself today. Where you know we've we've had. Some interesting, certainly just in the last year of moving from America and being landing here and all sorts of unknowns and uncertainty, but just being able to sleep through, you know, sleep soundly at night. Those it's little things, right? I mean, trusting God comes out of mm. you know, little things of of being able to find a place, being able to be still, you know, in your mind and, mm. and in your thoughts, and being able to sleep soundly. Um, so I say, don't be too hard on yourself. Life happens in lessons, and the more lessons you go through, the better you get. The more you learn. Um, and then I'd, you know, I would say um, there there are some there are some practical things you can do. Um, I mean, I you know, without an overt promotion of Glorify here, I wish Glorify mm. had been around when I was going through some of mine because there's there are some amazing tools out there for helping you actually find a place of stillness um, before God. The Bible says, "Be still mm. and know that I'm God." That's a very practical thing. It, it's actually quite. Uh, it's actually almost quite bi- biological. You know, there's a spiritual element to it, but being mm. still. It's actually about literally how do you how do you 
cause your mind to stop and to mm. be still and your thoughts to slow down and be still and your emotions to stop, you know, running crazy, you know, patterns and to be still. How do you do that? Actually, there's some great tools for that. And, and, and I believe they're quite biblical. God gave us breath. We can use our breath to slow ourselves down and to bring our bodies mm -hmm. to a place of stillness and to actually cause our minds to focus. We can meditate on the word. I mean, it's just a great, it's very simple. We can meditate on the word. You know, the Bible says, think about things that are pure and noble and holy. And, 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 and we, can, we can do that. Jesus said, you know, not, not to be anxious for the things of this world. We don't have to worry about those kind of things. Um, that's, it's hard to do in reality. You know, sometimes because we get so caught up in worrying about all the stuff, but actually, some of these tools are not again, like I said, you know, like tools like Glorify. There are some really simple little pieces that you can you open the app and press play, put your headphones in, and it can just the content as you listen to it helps you to find the place of stillness, focus your attention on God, mm -hmm. and stop worrying about all these things and become more aware of mm -hmm. things that are higher, things that are pure and noble and holy and worthy of praise and it helps it really really helps so that i'd say those would be my two pieces of advice don't be too hard on mm. yourself and find some tools that help you it sounds as if you you're quite a kind of proponent of that more meditative approach say or, or actually the literally stopping and literally or literally getting into a quiet space wherever you can find that and just i don't know waiting being quiet being still waiting on god that kind of thing uh, yes I, I would say well let me put it this way it's it's something that's probably more novel to me right now um i i am still a proponent of spiritual warfare and you know and praising even in the middle of hard times and yeah. going to a going to a, a great christian worship concert or a or a church service where you're going to be lifted and encouraged and inspired and you might you know I, i'm still a proponent of that absolutely i think we should all we should all make you know we should all be in those kind of environments as regularly as we can but uh i think the newer discovery for me is possibly this what you're talking about here is mm. this you know there's there's science and uh, science and religion are not at odds no the more the more science discovers the more it lines up with what the word has been teaching us for, for thousands of years. Um, you know, there are statistics, there are studies out there now, statistics that show that being out in nature is good for your mental health. Mm. You know, being out in a place where there's some quiet and some peace and you're around mm. God's great creation that he looked at and said, mm. this is good and put us in it and said, enjoy it, make something of it, make, you know, make the most of it. There is mm. that that is the best place for us to be if we're struggling with anxiety or stress is get out of nature. So I think these things are maybe a little more novel to me. And so I'm I'm discovering them. And as I get older, then I think I'm I'm yeah. realizing there is there is a great, there is some, you know, I mean, breathing. The, the word that the word used in the Bible for the Holy Spirit on many occasions, the original word used is the same word as breath. And, mm. and I kind of like that correlation between, you know. I'm, as I'm breathing, it's almost like God's using the body that he gave me, that he made to help me to actually mm. slow down and to, for the spirit to, for my soul, my body and my spirit to align and, you know, and to become more aware of his presence and to shut out some of the chaos and stress that's out there in the, in my day-to-day -day world. Mm. Um, yeah. So yes, I am a proponent of it. And 
Yes. Yeah, I find I'd find that interesting because it it sounds if like it's not like culturally within the expression of church that you're used to, that's not that's not where you were, really. That that kind of thing. You've you've and you have you've been clear. You're not saying that that other stuff, you know, big venues, vibrant praise, all of that. That's that's still absolutely right. But it sounds like this is a more recent discovery for you. This more kind of interior reflection or silence or whatever it is yeah yeah um i i do think and i don't want to i don't i never want to be critical of anybody um but um there have been certainly some that i've heard over the years maybe sort of propose a a message of you know you can you can just if you've got enough faith then you know. Then everything's going to be everything's going to be solved. Everything's going to be made better. You know, or, or if you know, if you're if you're suffering from mental health, for example, um, I think there are some that would maybe suggest that you you just need to pray hard enough or believe hard enough, and it will all take care of itself. And prayer is awesome, mm. and prayer works, and God listens, and God works. Um, but there are some practical things that we can do, and I think I think if we if we take this sort of attitude of Oh well, I've just, if if I pray, God will do everything. It almost discounts the fact that well, God made you, and and God gave you a brain, and God gave you a body, God gave you these physical abilities, and you know the body can heal itself. God made it possible. God made the body mm. capable of healing itself. And you get a cut or a bruise, the body heals itself. It goes to work. You get catch a flu, the body goes to work. It heals itself. God God gave the body those abilities. So I think the most honoring thing we could do is to use them. God gave us them. So let's honor him and, mm. and use those. Let's use mm. our breath. Let's use our, you know, let's use our ability to slow down our blood pressure and our heart rate a little bit and, uh, and, and use those things that God has given us to align our bodies with, with our spirits and to become more mm. aware of God's presence in our, in, in any given moment. Hmm. Yeah. And I, I, I think this is fascinating and it, it, it sounds as if this is this is the kind of thing that has helped you in some of the more difficult things that maybe you've had to face. Um, I want to explore a little bit with you this issue of creativity. You said there was a phase in your life when you're doing more pastoral work, and maybe it wasn't um, it wasn't really tapping into the thing that you loved most. Can you can you tell us about the ways in which you have expressed your God given creativity mm. and what you've done? Yeah. Yes, and, and actually, listening to you say that back, I should feel like I should jump in there again with a disclaimer and say, pastors are very creative. Pastors are very creative. I think <laughs> we're, we're all creative. Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, writing a message is creative. Delivering a message is creative. Um, yeah. So yeah. Anyway, um, for me personally, I have, I've really enjoyed the realm of putting together experiences that help people connect with God and help people encounter God. Um, I, I think of a, you know, a story. I remember when Hillsong London was at the meeting at the Dominion Theatre and we used to do these worship nights where, you know, an hour and 20 minutes of the service was, was worship and there was a short little bit of a message or something, just a very short 10-minute sort of sermonette at the end. And uh, a friend of mine invited a friend of his who was a doctor on Harley Street to come along. And this doctor was a self-professed atheist, said, you'll never convince me that God's real. 
Um, I know you and you're like, <laughs> I know you don't, you know, anyway. So he invited him down to the service and, and it was a big deal. My friend came up to me before the service time. He came, he came. My doctor, my doctor from Harley Street came. Look, he's sitting there in the fourth row, pointed him out. So, yeah, I was watching him. We got about, we got about 25, 30 minutes into the service. I looked down, this doctor's in floods of tears. Yeah, this is a well-educated atheist. Um, mm-hmm. And he's just crying his eyes out. And um, talked to him later. And he said, I became, a, he said, I don't know how this happened. But he said, I became aware that I could not argue with the fact that there's a God who loves me. And in somehow in the songs you were singing, I became aware that I'm separated from him. And the way that for me to connect with him is through Jesus. And he said, I don't even under, understand how that works. But I broke down in floods of tears. And, and in my head, I said, okay, Jesus, if I need to believe in you and accept you, if that's the way that I connect with this God who loves me, then, then I'm in. And, uh, you know, we, we invite people, you know, back then we were inviting people to put their hands up at the end of the service if they were making that decision. He said, I'm, I made that decision in the first 30 minutes. I didn't need the next hour, but I put my hand up at the end anyway. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, but, you know, times wow. like that, I, I love creating experiences where people can connect with God in that way, um, be that in mm-hmm. physical settings. Nowadays it's more in virtual settings, actually, interestingly, with, with an app. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, mm-hmm. But I think God has given us such incredible facets of creativity from from art to music to to landscaping and you know 3d virtual reality all these things i mean they're amazing gifts that that or amazing um channels i should probably say it's probably a better word through which Mm. we can communicate a message and draw people to a place where they become aware of the reality of god um and i love doing that i i think we should use I'm one of those, I definitely am a proponent of a particular theology on this one. I'm one of those ones that thinks, you know, I I want, I 100% believe that people, individual people can have a very real spiritual encounter with God, but I can't fabricate that for them. I can have a spiritual encounter myself with God, but I can't force that on you. That's that's for you to have. But what I can do is use every physical natural element that I have at my disposal to create an environment where you are going to be more inclined to shut out the noise and to become aware of God and for you to to draw you to a place Mm. where you say, I want that. Mm. I want that. I want that connection with God. And so I love, I love to do that. And I think, I mean, I'd almost be saying, I I don't think there'd be many people that would disagree with that. Perhaps there are some, I don't know, perhaps they're listening to this. Um, but that idea of the the kind of sacred is it sacred it, the, the the holy practice of creating a space for people to engage with God. So so some of the best examples of this I've found are where people who are, for want of a better phrase, good at this. It's almost it's almost what they take out. It's almost what they get out of the way. It's almost the decluttering of a space and allowing God to then minister to his people in that and for those people to be decluttered from stuff in their life so they can then just encounter God. That's a, there's a real holy art, there's a, a sacred art to that, I believe. Yeah, there is. I mean, you, if, you, if you really dig into the, the building of Solomon's temple, uh, it is, it's so artistic. It's, so, it's beautiful. Mm. Um, mm. I, I've 
I studied a bit of that and read in some some other people's theology around that. But the, you know, the language used for the building of Solomon's temple is the same language that's, that's used to describe the creation of the heavens and the earth in Genesis. Mm. It, you know, God is a creative God. The, the, the first the first verb that we hear about God is created. He, he created God in the beginning. God created mm. the heavens and the earth. Um, and mm. I believe when God said, "Let us make man in our own image, mankind in our own image," one of the things that that was included and that was the ability to create he didn't give that ability to many other things that he made but he gave that mm. ability to us we can start mm. with a completely blank canvas with nothing you know we yeah. can walk into a meeting yeah. with zero ideas and zero nothing on the table and we can walk out with a fully fledged business plan or a design for something or a you know we, we can create we've got the ability to create it's amazing um, I love the thought that that the heavens and the earth, the cosmos, is God's temple. He designed it all, you know, and he and he created mm. this whole thing. It's a beautiful design. And the last thing that, he, mm. that anybody puts on a temple when they build a temple is the mark that that temple was built for. Um, if you go back in mm. ancient, you know, Greek mythology, that they'd build a temple to the sun god, and at the end they'd put the mark of the sun god on the temple to say this this temple is for the sun god. Well, God God made the cosmos. Mm as his temple and the last thing he put on it was his mark which is us he said this mm, is my you know this is my temple yeah 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 i mean thinking all right so thinking about um creating environments for people to encounter god um we've we've mentioned glorify a couple of times in our conversation mm. so um i'm imagining a number of people listening to this won't know what that is or will it won't it won't be immediately apparent to them so i wondered if you could just spend a moment and talk to us a little bit about glorify what it is what its vision is how to, how can we engage with it yeah yeah sure I mean, and if i if you don't mind like i'll probably tell you my story it's probably the best way of doing it mm, um, please do I, I probably not eight or nine years ago i remember looking at the tech space and with a certain sense of frustration and thinking where are the you know where are the mark zuckerbergs of the christian world you know where are these where are these big thinkers that are looking at the tech landscape and saying wow this is an amazing opportunity to do something for the kingdom let's think big and uh, of course you probably immediately think of the the U version bible app and bobby grunwald who started that's a good friend um and and yeah. he's done an incredible thing there I mean, you know 500 million downloads i think that surpassed now it's, it's amazing but um other than that i really couldn't see much out there so i was sort of frustrated by that um and fast forward then a few years uh and I, obviously, I told you before I sketched in my sketch pad an idea for an app. Henry called me and said, "I'm doing. I've built this app," and I was like, "My immediate thought was, oh man, I'm so disappointed. Somebody else has done my idea already. I really <laughs> wanted to do that." <laughs> but um, what what I loved about uh, Henry's drive with this was um, he'd had this on his heart to do for a long time. One of the reasons he hadn't done it for such a long time was because uh, Christian tech is often just underfunded. It's very hard to raise money to do to build Christian tech well. Um, and he didn't want to do something that was that was second rate to what to the mm. other things you find out there. Mm. And so he'd waited for, for quite a while and until he'd raised the capital that he wanted to. And he, you know, he raised about five million dollars to get this started. And that's good seed capital in, in the tech world and in the app world at least. And so we managed to build a product that really is, it, it's really well built. I mean, the designer of the Pinterest app helped design it. The, the, the user experience, the UX is, is fantastic. It's world-class. Um, the content, we labor over the content. And we have a team of people that all chip in and, and give us 
diff, you know, give us opinions from different strands of theology, different denominations mm. of the church, mm. from psychology to to the more faith side of it. You know, we have lots of input. We labor over this. I remember sitting in a meeting with seven people, and we spent about two hours on one paragraph of something for a piece of content on the app. Um, but I love that we go into that much detail because we really do want to create something mm. that is best in class. Um, and the goal of it is our mission is that every Christian every day would find the joy and intimacy or would experience the joy and intimacy of connecting with God. Uh, obviously, every Christian mm. every day is, is a rather wild, audacious goal. Um, we, call that our, we call that our infinite goal. We, we know we probably never will get there, but we're going we're gonna to get up every day and keep trying. Um, making this available to every Christian everywhere in the world to use every day to help them connect with God. And I think those two words, joy and intimacy, are really key. We want people mm. to experience the joy and intimacy of connecting with God. You know, mm. when you really connect with God, it lifts your spirits, it fills you with joy, and it's incredibly intimate. Mm. When you connect with God in a real way, it's, very, it's a very intimate mm. thing. He's a father. He, you know, the, the, mm. the, literal, the most literal translation of Abba is daddy. It's a very intimate mm. term. Um, mm. And so we want people to experience that. I think so, that, yeah. that resonates with the, like the, the stories that you've told us. You know, and when we've been talking in the last half an hour or so, speak of that joy and intimacy, don't they? The encounters that you've described, your encounters with Christ and, and the mm. things that have happened. And, um, that's just amazing. Yeah. So, so, so Glorify, the app is out there. Is it now? Yes. I, I think well, it is out there now, isn't it? Yeah, it's available everywhere in the world. We launched in 2020, March of 2020. Um, obviously, COVID hit right around the same time. Mm. Um, and probably that was actually quite good for Glorify and that people were looking for tools like this to help them express their faith and connect with God. Um, we are now, I think, I remember, we're somewhere close to about 8 million downloads. Uh, we've launched a Portuguese version, which is Brazil is actually now our biggest our biggest market. Uh, we've okay. launched a Spanish, a Spanish version for the Spanish-speaking countries of the world um yeah and we essentially we are we've, we've utilized every tool we can to help people build a healthy habit of connecting with god on a daily basis uh and so that's really the driving force of the app and then alongside that we've developed a whole library of content around issues like anxiety insomnia grief forgiveness mm -hmm. uh, relationships things like that uh the, the common some of those common sort of needs that um, that we have as humans, uh, and especially that we see, mm. you know, things like anxiety and insomnia are on the rise, and and we've had incredible stories. We get stories every week of people saying this app has, you know, has, has helped me sleep better, or this app has helped me mm. overcome anxiety. Mm. I was talking to a, a pastor friend of mine who actually he he rolled out, uh, he bought Glorify subscriptions for his whole congregation, uh, and gave them all Glorify, and um, he had a a younger girl, as in a, a teenager, that was coming for prayer every weekend at the end of every service, suffered from quite severe anxiety. And on one occasion, she came up and he said, have you downloaded the Glorify app? Help to download it. He said, get on that every day. I think it will help you. She stopped. She, she disappeared. She, he didn't see her for a month. She, she wasn't coming up at the end of church anymore. And uh, one day she came up to him and she said, I just want to tell you, Glorify has totally it's changed my life. I don't suffer from anxiety anymore. And it's not, you know, I like to say it's Glorify. That's God. But it's the it's the practice yeah. of regularly connecting with God. Mm -hmm. We know it makes life better. It's just we often find it difficult to do, and things get in the way. And um, yeah. but yeah. this we've we've utilized every tool we know how to do how to use to 
to make this something that is mm-hmm. accessible, easy, and and actually quite enjoyable to connect with God on a regular, you know, on a daily so, basis. If someone's listening to this and maybe they uh, everybody's busy, we've all got busy lives, and and they've got maybe ten or fifteen minutes, say, a day that they might be able to carve out. Is that could they use glorify in that context and then just engage for just a few minutes with God and that there are things that would support them to do that? Yeah, hundred percent. Actually, our daily worship, as we call it, which is the main—that's what you land on when you first open the app—is um, always between six to eight minutes long. Uh, we we okay. really tweaked and refined that over a long period of time. We still do. We still look at it. We, we look at every single piece of data we we can on that, um, and we really refined that to a place where we knew that this was what people were engaging with yeah. Yeah. on a regular basis. Yeah, and obviously, if people have got more time, there's more stuff they can explore within the app if they want to, yeah. There is, yeah. Okay, great. So it, it is for, if you're a busy person, you can still engage with it. Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah, absolutely. And that just that would just be in the app store on your phone, iOS or Android or whatever, whatever it is you've got. It is, yeah. yes, cool. either one. Okay, okay. So uh, we're coming to the end of our conversation, Pete. Is there anything you want to particularly share or say as like here's one thing you guys need to remember as, as we say goodbye connecting with god every day it does change everything we we know that and i think mm. possibly in our busy worlds and maybe even and again i'm a big proponent of church um but possibly even in our model of church that we've got used to over the years may, maybe we have possibly lost some of those more ancient traditions of ours um of breaking bread around a table of praying for each other of meeting mm. each other's needs and of spending mm. daily quiet time moments with God. Mm. Those are those are the things, those are the practices that our faith is actually built upon. And uh, I think, you know, if Glorify can play a small part in that for somebody to help them spend moments with God every day, then I will go to bed a very fulfilled person at the end of every day. Um, but I think for the, those listening, you know, let, let's get back to some of those. Let's get back to some of those ancient traditions. Let's reawaken them. Let's find modern ways of incorporating them into our busy lives. Mm. Um, but let's, yeah, let's, uh, that, those, those are the things that resonate very deeply with me at the moment when I think about our faith. I think about these ancient traditions that need to be as real today as they ever were. Mm. Wonderful, wonderful. So that's, um, if there are people are interested, the Glorify app, just go on your phone, check it out in the store and find it. G-L-O-R-I-F-Y, Glorify. Okay, Pete, thanks very much for your time. It's been a pleasure to, to talk to you. Um, it's, it's been great to be reminded of kind of wisdom, ancient and modern, if you know what I mean. It's kind of like, you know, the, the new things and the old things coming together in God. It's been wonderful. Oh, yeah, thanks, Andy. Appreciate okay. it. Thanks. All right. Thank you again, Pete. Bless Cheers, you. Andy. Thanks. Yeah, Cheers. you too. Cheers. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Testimony Podcast. You can subscribe to the show on all of the major podcast distributors and also follow us on Twitter at TestimonyCast. If you want to find out more about the Christian faith and connect with someone to talk about your experiences or answer your questions, just go to www.christianity.org.uk from wherever you are in the world. You can also contact us by email at thetestimonycast.com at gmail.com that's the testimony cast at gmail.com i look forward to sharing more of the stories that matter from people of faith with you soon until then thank you for listening and god bless you